welcome to Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritchie and I want to take you into the kitchens of some of Melbourne's most fabulous restaurants so you can hear the backstory to the food the chefs are putting up. Today's chat is with Hamed Alaharik. I went out to Sunshine Cafe in Sunshine the other day and spoke to the cafe's other founder, Jen. Jen and Hamed wanted to run a place that could employ refugees and asylum seekers who have had a difficult time finding employment in Australia. In addition to that loveliness, they're making everything except the croissant from scratch, aiming for zero waste, and do not have takeaway cups. Hamid wasn't there when I visited, so we had a chat on the phone. And before I came to Australia, I was in Tehran. Tehran is capital city of Iran. And then I had restaurant, Iranian traditional restaurant. And then because of my religion, so I born Muslim because my parents Muslim. And in Iran, because it's Muslim country, you cannot change your religion and you have to die Muslim. Right. So you don't have any freedom to choose your religion. But when I was 19 years old, I became atheist. And in my country, it's not you're not allowed to do that. If you do that, if government found out that or someone reports you, you're going to be in jail or maybe they hang you. There is nothing. You don't know what's going to happen after the government found out. Mm. And then it's very high risk to do that. So what I did, because I wasn't alone, we were 17 people, we became ACs and we had a small group, a small activity. So, but we couldn't tell that to anyone. But finally, someone reports us and then government found out us. I left my country, I left everything behind in one week. Oh. I came to Australia. Gosh, okay. Because, yeah, because I didn't have time to go to embassy or to go to get visa. I I have to find the quickest way. That time in 2012, the quickest way to run out from my country it was coming to Australia, because those days they coming to Australia by boat. Yeah. I found someone who could help me. I paid him in Iran and he showed me the way and he said go to Indonesia. Indonesia, this guy pay him is my friend and then he will take you there. I came traveling as a visiting Indonesia. I came to Jakarta, and then in Jakarta, I found a guy. I went to him and I said, "This happened to me. I have to. I cannot back to Iran." And he said, "Okay, wait." And then I took him to Australia. Then the way he was talking to coming to Australia, it was easy. But on the day when he moved us, it was like one fishing boat, a small for maximum eighty people. No. But we were 118 people. No. Oh. Yeah. And then that, it was nighttime, middle of night. It was at 3 a.m. It was so scary. Huh? Then everyone t- t- decided to come by boat. No one came at that moment. Then I said, okay, everyone wait. I'm going to, if I'm going to die, I will die in ocean, not in my government. Yeah. <laughs> I said that to myself to make myself calm. Anyway, we were 38 hours in the ocean after we arrived in Christmas Island. That we arrived in Christmas Island, and we were lucky because ocean is flat. That was a good thing. What was that? <laughs> the... the ocean was flat. It oh, okay. Wavy. Yeah. Like... 
and then after 38 hours we arrived to Christmas Island but because we came by boat government put us in Christmas Island detention center and then yeah we wait there I went because everyone different I went there for five months after five months government gave me bridging visa and I came to it wow okay yeah uh, yeah it was uh 15th of January 2013, I came to Melbourne, but my visa, I didn't have work right and a study right mm. with my visa. First two years I had that visa and it was very difficult at two years, but after two years, I received my work right. Yeah. Because my background was cooking, so in my country I had restaurant or everything in my life is about cooking. Mm. I was thinking... I go find job in somewhere in city because before that when I didn't have work right when I was going to city next to the Yara River I saw lots of bar and restaurant and I was thinking okay one day I will go get job there and little bit later I find my restaurant there yeah. <laughs> and then I get my work right as I made myself CV. Yeah. I went there, I went each restaurant talking to the managers, owners, who was available to talk to me. Yeah. And I said, this is my CV, this is my background, I know all Iranian food and some Middle Eastern food. This is my experience and I had restaurant, I'm looking for a job. If you can give me a job, give me a job, I can't cook, cook, cook in your restaurant, Iranian food. The, the problem those days, it was was one of my problems was my English language because when I came to Australia I couldn't speak English. The only words I could say it was hello, how are you? Okay. And so many things. And then I couldn't explain for those shops, those cafe and restaurants what I am. But I was right for them. I see everything it was in CV. Some some of them they told me they contact you, some of them they told me there is no reference yet. Because from Australia I never worked before. I didn't have reference and qualification. Mm. And then so I didn't find job. Any of them of those people who said to me, Leave your C V we will contact you if we need you. No one contact me. Only one person called me and after seeing you can't believe this because I saw over 50, 60 restaurants in Melbourne. Wow. Oh. One of them only called me after like two weeks. Mm. And he said, I have a job for you Friday night, Saturday night. I said, okay, that's great. That's the job. <laughs> no. Oh. And then I said, okay, job is job. I have to start from somewhere. I will come. How much did he pay me? He said, eight dollars per hour. Oh. And I said, okay, I cannot work for you. No. So what I did, I was lucky I get that phone call because after that I just queue up to go to the shop and I said to myself, I start from volunteering job to make myself uh, reference yourself. Yeah. So I knew there is a center for asylum seekers in Fusker. Yes. ASRC called Asylum Seeker Resource Center. And I went there. And then in there, I was a start volunteering job in kitchen. Every day they feeding two hundred people, and I, uh, in Wednesday and Friday, I was cooking with other people for two hundred people, and I was cooking Iranian food. Yeah. Those days, I remember people coming to me and said, "How many where are you from? What is this food from?" Because they don't know me. Yeah. And then 
I found out the Iranian food, Persian food, it's new food in Australia. Not many Australians have tried Iranian food yet. No. Then I was thinking to do something. Those days exactly when I was volunteering there, one, one of my friends from HRC, she said to me, oh, there's job opportunity for you. If you wanna, if you're looking for pay job, contact these people. Who are those people? They are free to fit. Free to fit is a social enterprise in Northcote. Okay. Normally, yeah, they run cooking. They running cooking classes. Uh, they support SLMC. They are giving job to them to run cooking classes. In 2016, I start uh, running cooking classes in free to fit till December 2018. Last year, I had done. I done. Um, 208 cooking classes. Oh my goodness, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's cooking classes. I had uh, at least 10 people. Yeah. Like over 2,000 people from Melbourne they came to my cooking classes. So now, then, so now a lot more people know about Persian food. <laughs> yeah, now at least I know 2,000 people know tried Persian food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In my cooking classes, people coming and then they, I, I, at the next start, I asked them, I asked them, have you tried Persian food before? Maybe 5% of that 2,000 people who came in my class mm. tried Persian food. So other people, it was something new, they want, they like to try, there are people, they really like to try new dishes in the world, mm. try the new food. And yeah, at, at the, I had like four different dishes, also because I have different classes. I have five different cooking classes. Mm. And then end of each cooking classes, I asked people to give me feedback. So each cooking class was like seven, maybe eight, nine dishes, different dishes. And then at the end of the class, I asked them when they eat the food, I asked them which, is, which one is your favorite. I asked, I asked each person favorite Iranian dishes. And then in that year, I made the favorite Iranian dishes in Melbourne by people. And then I found out, okay, our taste very different with people who live in Australia. Mm. So, for example, in Iran, Cholo Kebab is favorite dish, is like number one dish, everyone loves that. But in here, after research, after my research, I found out Chile Kebab is number 15 in my list. Oh, <laughs> and what, what is that? Dish. What is that dish? It's like kebab. Oh, kebab, okay. Kebab means beef, it means lamb, mixed with onion, okay. and spices, sure. come to grass, and, yeah. and that is number 15. It's like there is 14 dish before kebab is come to grass. <laughs> yeah. And one of like number one, this is like cash which I tell to my friend in Iran, I say cash like everyone favorite. You have to love it. <laughs> no, you can't. The cash commandant cannot be number one, but it is. <laughs> it's like excellent dish, and then that's what I found out it's very different taste. And that research, that cooking analysis was very helpful for me to make menu in the restaurant. Yes. So in restaurant now, the dishes are going to put on this Thursday, we're going to start. It will be favorite dishes by 
that's well, that's that's pretty good research you've done. So you know that you're going to please people. <laughs> um, so yeah, last uh, last December I finished my cooking classes in Philippines. About three years ago, two years, two years, two and a half, I started catering. So in my cooking classes, people were asking me, "How much do you do catering? Do you do catering?" First cooking class, I said to them, "No." Then I found out, okay, I can't do catering as well. So I get myself equipment, everything, and I start catering business as well. And then in 2018, uh, beginning 2018, I start to do my catering business, social enterprise, and I do only, I employ only asylum seekers who has the problem to find their first job in Australia, who has cooking but they don't have qualification from Australia, they don't have reference from Australia, mm. but they are good cooking. So I decided to employ those people. It wasn't big, it was on a start only with three people. Uh, at the end, I have five people. I wish I had bigger catering to employ more people, but yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. And then, yeah, those people who had my problem when I came to Australia at the beginning, so I employed them. Then that belief, for example, I was working. Then after volunteering in SRC in 2017, I started working in SRC as a kitchen manager. Yeah. I had lots of volunteers in kitchen and lots of them from secure background. And they, they, they said to them, I will offer my restaurant soon in Melbourne. They were asking me for a job. Sure. I have a steel. I have 20 people in my list that are looking for a job wow. in like restaurant. Mm. I employ nine of them now in the cafe, cafe mm. restaurant. Uh, hopefully in future I can do something to yeah. employ other people as well. Wow, that's really yeah. great. It's, that's amazing that you're, you've been able to turn your own experience to be able to help other people. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't nice when you go to lots of restaurants and no. hear from everyone. No, yeah, no. not at all. Everyone easily can could give up. Yeah, could people easily give up and then stay home, do nothing, and after one year become like a, a, their mental health become problem. They get depression. I know many people now from my culture from like. Uh, like asylum seekers, because they couldn't mix with community, because they couldn't start talking English, because they didn't have friends, family here, they're taking depression medication. Yeah. I have my GP, my GP, she's Iranian, always we talk about, and always she's doing, but it's not only lots of people here have problems. Mm. And I can't see many people there have problems. Yeah. yeah, it's like a job, first job, because if you get job in your job place, you can talk to people, you make money, you can buy your own thing, you can pay your rent, so please, you don't have problems. And then little bit, little bit, you start being mixed with community. Yeah. So I, now my side, I feel the job is more, the most important thing in your side. Yeah, you're, you're quite right. I think that... Because otherwise, I guess we we lose part of our identity because we're not mixing with other people, as you say, or contributing. So 
it becomes part of people's identity. They don't know what, you know, they, don't, they, they feel a bit useless. So you're quite right. Okay. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So then you, um, you, you got talking to Jen and decided to come and came up with the idea of opening your own place. Yeah, so Jen found the government. So you had government found. So Jen, Jen was volunteering in my kitchen in mm. ASRC. You know, I said we had lots of volunteers who was helping. So yeah. it was like mixed from refugees to Australia. Jen, uh, she was one of the volunteers. And uh, one day we talked about the idea, same idea, just refugee and asylum seekers. Then she found out the fund, pick my project, government fund. But she didn't have ABN because I have catering ABN and then we start to do it together. Yeah. Yeah, and then we won we won the fund to open the cafe. The cafe side cafe sunshine by day and Salamati restaurant by night. And so yeah. Salamatia Jen was saying Salamatia means something like cheers in English. What is that the meaning? Yeah, Salamati means cheers in my language yeah. and salamati means health mm. so and salamati at the end is like ti i changed that to t-e-a because in iran we have lots of different tea mm. like herbal tea oh you have stress i think saffron tea and sour so cherry and um so you're making that yourself Yes, make everything all my tea myself. So how do you how do you make saffron tea, for example? What's what saffron goes into that? Tea, we get uh, I get Persian saffron. Persian saffron is good quality, so I grind the saffron, mix with cardamom pods, and then I add honey. That and after that, I add uh, boiling water, leave it like five minutes, and mm. you have tea. Okay, so there's no yes. t- no tea leaves with it. No, okay. it's just saffron, cardamom, oh. honey. Okay. Saffron is anti-depression. <laughs> saffron. Oh. <laughs> in our country, we call it uh, giggle tea. <laughs> Make you laugh. <laughs> That's great. I like that. Yeah. And what yeah. about the um the sour cherry? Sour cherry, it's not season now. I use uh, frozen sour cherry. Mm. It's actually fresh. It's like a frozen, but fresh is not dried sour cherry mm. and then yeah I put sour cherry in the boiling water I boil it for 30 minutes and I have to mash all sour cherry you know if I put in food processor to get more flavor and more color out mm. then after that I put in the cheese cloth oh yes yep you know, to separate the yeah. liquid and pulp. After that, I leave the syrup. Uh, that uh, I leave syrup, that uh, liquid on the uh, stove. Leave it to cooking, cooking all water, reduce, and then you will have at the end syrup. Mm. That syrup, for example, for one cup, 120 milligram cup, I use seven. 70, no, no, 70, 50 gram of saffron, 50 milligram of saffron, uh, of sour cherry mm. 
syrup mixed with 120 milligram boiling water okay. to have yeah to have a sour cherry tea. Okay. Or in summer you can use same recipe, but instead water. 120 milligram water you put 70 milligram water and then you fill up with ice nice. and that will be called social drink yeah call it sharbat okay yeah wow <laughs> that sounds great and you're making um your your own almond milk and yeah and soy milk or not not and soy as well yeah, I have homemade soy and almond. Which almond is very popular. Mm. Not, soy, not like as an almond, mm. but almond. Like every day, I making two liter of almond milk for yeah. cafe. <laughs> wow! So and it's homemade. I soaked almond and I put in food processor. But you have to know how much water you have to put. Yeah. How much you have to process the almond, you know, and then after that, I use the almond that uh, almond top for baking. So mm. I dry that. I get uh, my own almond meal, mm. and then with that on, I baking Persian love cake, baking banana cake, some cookies. Yeah. <laughs> so everything of that almond. Yeah. Is and what what's in your um, Persian bliss balls? Uh, those made up. This was the idea. I found out the idea in Melbourne. So I was going sometimes shop when I go shop. I saw those protein balls in mm. Melbourne or in some cafe. I saw those balls. And I realized we don't have that in our country. We have something similar we call bot top, but it's not really like protein. It's more like sugar. Mm. And then I found, I thought, I just, like, it was like one year ago that idea came. And then I said, okay, I made something, I put a Persian bliss balls. So inside the bliss balls, I saw I put dates, walnut, tahini, and spices, hemp seeds. And then those date balls, it's like very popular. <laughs> yeah, they would be. People love it. And they look, they look so pretty, that big plate in the cafe just looked so amazing <laughs> it's beautiful thank you, yeah. thank you. They, they are because different colors inside all of them inside is same like all yeah. of dates are tiny but outside one of them the statue with green color one of them almond with i like roasted almond with cream color one of them like Bar red barberries persian red barberries with red color or Rose petals with purple color mm. or sesame seeds color. Nice. So yeah, different, different, five different colors. That looks great. Yeah, they look beautiful. And um, I was watching your vi- little video on Instagram where you um walk into the cafe and talk about the traditional <laughs> Persian breakfast. Um, <laughs> it's a nice little video. Um, just tell me a little bit more about the traditional Persian breakfast because I saw you had three omelets and one is a sweet one. Yeah, there is a one of them is like an Iranian traditional omelet. We make it with tomato. It's something like a street food you can have everywhere in Tehran, Iran. Another one is like called khahorma. It's more like a, from a court culture. Uh, food in Iran 
and then I born in Urumia. Urumia is a city in northwest of Iran, and mix of Azeris and Kurdish people. That Khakhorma actually is like a Kurdish uh, name. It's a date with eggs, and then it's sweet omelette. Mm. It has butter as well, and I put cinnamon. Finish. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's a sweet omelette. Is yeah, traditionally you have in morning time. It give you very make you strong to finish your day. You know, <laughs> have enough energy for your day. Yeah. <laughs> because holma is healthy. Holma is very good for you, but mm. it's not only sweet. It's not only sugar. Holma has lots of good things for our body. Yeah. Uh, I mean, holma means date. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay. And then there is another omelette, which is feta omelette, and that's like, uh, uh, we don't have that in any cafes or restaurants in Iran. It's from my grandma. Ah. <laughs> it's, very, it's, like, it's like very home, home omelette. Nice. With feta, cheese, and eggs, you mix it, and then you have fresh herbs at the end. Like always remind me my grandmother. Oh. Was uh, yeah, she was making that for me. Yeah. Not for me, for all my cousin aunts. Yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> yeah, that tea omelette is like very popular right now in the cafe, and then we have Persian breakfast in menu. I didn't for name, so we're going to update the menu for next. So Persian breakfast is like a. I didn't have any name for it. I just put it that because it's one of our common breakfast we usually have in Iran, mm. and it's like numpani chai shirin. It's very long name. Mm. It's like a bread, cheese, walnut tea. So we have like a, a cheese and fed Persian feta cheese with walnut mixed, and then next to that there is a jam and butter. Next to that, there is a tahini mixed with grape molasses. And next to that, there is halwa, sasami halwa. So all of these comes in one plate. Okay. And then we have next to that black tea because it's kind of sweet breakfast. Yes. When we have it with bread, we need something to wash it up. Mm. So we take a little bit of black tea. Yeah. So that's like uh, we call it Persian breakfast in menu. Yeah, it's great. And um, and the evening meal you said is made up of the fate or the favorites that you've discovered. Um, so that the eggplant dish and what else will be on the menu? Like eggplant dish called kashkabadan chun, another dish called fesen chun, which is uh, chicken with. Is like chicken stew, chicken cooked in pomegranate molasses and walnut paste mm. with Iranian spice, and we have that with rice. And that first traditionally made with chicken or sometimes with meat. But I have another option of that in my menu make with tofu and carrots mm. for vegan people. Yeah. And then I have salad, I have like. Uh, Iranian salad, my made-up salad, some side dishes, my 
deep. My dadami dips, which is my dadami means my father's dip. Yeah. My father had made up dip. Yeah. And then I have that in my cooking classes. It was very popular, so I put it menu as well. Yeah. It's called dip. Uh-huh. And what's 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 in that dip? In dadami dip has a, the base is lepra, thick yogurt. Yep. Mixed with herb, mint, dill, basil, red onion, spices, and red uh, chili. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the deal. And it has lots of spices, like seven spices I put in. Yeah. And um, when you get your, um, I think you've got your liquor license and it's all going to start this week, um, what, have you got Persian wines or is it an Australian wine list or what, what are you going for? Um, in Iran, we have, we have wine as well, but it's like drink is illegal in Iran right now. Right, yeah. But long time ago, we had like the best wine in the world, the Shiraz, actually Shiraz. The seed goes from Iran. We have a city called Shiraz. That city, the year of that city is like over 4,000 years. Okay. Wow. Shiraz is one of old name of the city. And then it, the seed, that in that city, they growing grapes. And the seed of the Shiraz wine is, goes one day before from that city and grows in other country. Mm. But anyway, right now we don't have that one. No. After no. the revolution in 1978, they, they, they knocked down all of the factories who were making beers, wine, or any drink. Because mm. after 1978, Iranian, Iran country became Muslim country. Mm. And then, yes, we did have, but in Iran, myself, I, all weekend I was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have people, they are like drink a dealer, so we call them, they bring for us. Mm. You have to be careful. Yeah. And, and yeah. So in Iran, the common drink right now is Arak. Okay. Yeah, and then I'm going to have one of the mixed Arak, like a, it's a cocktail, and mixed with Arak in the menu. Mm. And yeah, it will be surprise. <laughs> no. so I have some idea. We were drinking those things in Iran with my friends when we were drinking. Yeah. But I never had it in my shop. No. In my, yeah, in my country, I had it, but I couldn't have drink. You know? Yeah. It's something illegal. But here is something new, and I'm going to choose the name for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it will be new cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> Great, sounds fun. <laughs> um, I think that's um, plenty. Thank you so much for your time. You've told me um, you've told me a lot, and I think that's really great. Uh, so now I just need a photo of you. So would you be able to email me a photo of yourself that you like? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Because I, I, I usually always you would have seen on the website that I always have a photo of the chef as well. Um, yeah. So, you, uh, because my photo... You've been listening to Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty, and thank you so much for joining me today. If you like what you hear, you can read the full conversation on www.conversationwithachef.com 
And you can also follow me on Instagram so you can keep up to date with the latest conversations. See you next time.